Welcome to the Tim Biscuit Podcast. Today we've got a new guest. And do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Emily. Um, Thank you. I've run a channel called Dare to Fly. Um, so, yeah, but I'm Emily. <laughs> cool beans. Um, before we get into the podcast, massive thanks to our sponsors, which are runesilk.com. They're a bird care company and tenga.co.uk. They're a sex toy company. We're both sites. If you use the code TINBISCUIT, capital T, capital B, you'll get 10% off your first. So that's that out of the way. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you've um, like got your own channel. Can you tell us what it's uh, a bit a bit about it? Yeah. So thanks for having me. First off, it's really cool to be on here. Um, so the channel I run is it's about exposing sort of corruption and fringe topics that aren't covered by mainstream news and mainstream media so it's anything from you know it could be the paranormal it could be spiritual and spooky stuff all the way to sort of looking at secret societies such as freemasonry and sort of delving into what you know everyday people might class as conspiracy theories and all that sort of thing yeah you've been doing a lot i watched one of your videos yesterday and you got two taken down by youtube didn't you so that was a joy Um, sort of started delving a bit into the whole pandemic side of things regarding the vaccines and how that's being sort of twisted and put on the people's sort of misinformation put out there by the mainstream media and the government sort of keep people controlled that I think anyway and a lot of people are starting to see that and a lot of the videos I did regarding vaccines and sort of encouraging people to weigh up the risks and the pros of taking a vaccine and think for themselves a lot of them videos started getting hit and one of them ended up getting done for medical misinformation because it's against the World Health Organization and their sort of push and the other one was a video on discussing Pizzagate with one of a fellow creator on brand YouTube we just sat down and had a chat about the Pizzagate conspiracy theory and the paedophile rings we talked about that for a good couple of hours that was Daz and Shanti yeah, wasn't it uh, yeah Denti and Shaz yeah, yeah and then Denti they, and they got that video got done for cyberbullying and targeted harassment <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> I know um they um did a reaction to one of my videos where I rung up the BBC and asked them about the um, statue that were outside and no, and two more of my videos. Well, no, that one stayed up, but two of my videos, one with Stand Up X, that got taken down. And another one where I went to a test centre to see how busy it was, that got taken down. And I got a warning like you did, yeah. but I just re-uploaded it. And so far, fingers crossed, it hadn't got taken down. because. What did you get, what did you get um, accused of doing then? By YouTube. Inappropriate content when I went to see the test centre. Just and I said inappropriate how, content. Yeah, to see how busy it was. That's, uh, I'll just double check because, yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Because they're very vague on the um, warnings. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Video removed, inappropriate content, and the one with stand-up X was terms of service violation. 
see i i I just think i wish they'd have said i mean the the medical misinformation one didn't surprise me because i knew as soon as i started posting videos of that sort of nature it would only be a matter of time before youtube sort of said we're not having that because you know what youtube are like um whereas the other one the cyberbullying one i thought so you know it's basically showing that youtube have happy to protect paedophiles essentially is what I took from that is like you know you're not allowed to talk about and it's it's proof a lot of the stuff we talk about is is just public knowledge if people just took a look at WikiLeaks for example but apparently talking about paedophile rings is targeted harassment and cyberbullying but apparently but like being a paedophile's oh and he's okay, but if the mic, you even say your opinion on a vaccine or a mic, uh, COVID nineteen, you're a crazy man or crazy yeah, woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's. I mean, it's, it's not surprising because YouTube are known to be really bad with freedom of speech, and I, I mean, I think that it's sort of becoming this the beginning of the end for YouTube because they've just they've shown their true true colours recently with the censorship and purging so many accounts and more and more content creators are turning to alternative um, channels and alternative platforms like you know brand youtube and rumble and there's a few others and i think you know within a few years probably even less than that youtube is just going to be existing because no one's going to be on it the thing the thing with youtube is it's simple it's simple to use and it is quite a good platform apart from they just censorship everything they don't agree with yeah and, and i think it... that it's it's i think as more people sort of start turning away from youtube i think there will be by that point a platform that it's not going to be as good as youtube because youtube is just so easy and so powerful but it'll do the job <laughs> well that was my beef when joe rogan left and he went to spotify for like a hundred million dollar deal i thought why didn't he just get together with like all the comics there's like plenty of them there and just get their own platform because they've all got enough money to like do it but yet joe rogan sold out and even spotify took some of his things down some of his podcasts down so it's, it's, it's just rife sense like sort of censorship's wrong on so many reasons a it takes your freedom of expression away and it takes the other person's choice to hear about it yeah so, definitely what's what's um the backlash been against your videos of like you've been called an anti-vaxxer then or anything like that um i've not been called an anti-vaxxer in terms of any backlash from sort of stepping away from youtube as a big bully and just the pe- people watching when i sort of started i did a lot of content covering freemasonry and going down sort of exposing them and sort of taking a look at some of the scandals they've been involved in like reports of child abuse and things like that and and sort of taking a look at there's been allegations of like them worshipping Satan and, you know, being involved in a lot of occultic stuff. And as soon as I started doing that, 
I had obviously a basically a big horde of Freemasons every single time I did anything watching anything I did like I mean if I upload a video they're there telling me that well you don't know anything about Freemasonry why don't you just go become a female Freemason and then you'll figure it out for yourself and you know I'm I'm so basically all the names I've been called under the sun and all that and then then they were watching my twitter anything I did so they were just on my back all the time and then I started taking a look at an area of satanic ritual abuse and sort of a lot of allegations of around sort of the country and even around the world of people suffering abuse at the hands of people who worship Satan and it's all very ritualistic and sort of looking at some of the cases that were I know there was the satanic panic but there are some cases that have been proven to be ritualistic in nature and down the satanic route but also again there are those cases that are false so I was sort of taking a look at well look let's just take a look at the whole field Let's take a look at some of these cases and maybe start asking some questions about about why we don't hear about that subject too much. And as I started doing that, I, it's a, a lot of the videos of that nature started sort of getting it, building a bit of traction and getting a bit of attention. And it was, I know some people were interested to learn more about it because they've never heard of it existing before, but then it was a lot of negative attention of people saying that I was creating these videos because I get a kick out of it and that I get aroused from doing it and that, you know, I enjoy talking about children being abused. That was the sort of backlash I got. Mm. Um, I think more so as well, it's more of a backlash in terms of in my real life. A lot of people who... I would sort of consider really close friends just over time have sort of drifted away and it's sort of sort of aligned along with me starting my channel and me posting this content you know more people don't really want to know who I am but I just think it's you know part and parcel of what you do if you're Mm. gonna sort of talk about these things and really believe in it you just have to accept that some people aren't really going to be wanting to stick around do, do you think you've lost like any friends because in 2020 like there's quite a lot happened you've had COVID-19 and you've had the BLM protests anything you say against their narrative you're either classed yeah. as an anti-vaxxer crazy person or a racist because it doesn't fit their narrative I mean I've sort of lost a few friends over or lost contact should I say of people with people over the BLM some sort of videos I did and things said I just don't hear from them though like more do do, like you find that's happened to like yourself yeah I mean a few years ago back in like sort of 2016 when there was the US elections and Brexit I was very quiet about my that back then I was very quiet about my support for Trump and Brexit and quite right-wing sort of beliefs and standpoint and I never really sort of talked about it because I knew how you know people just go mental over it who don't agree with you and I knew it was quite essentially quite a dangerous thing to sort of come out and say whereas in sort of 
now 2020 I think since this has all started with lockdown I've been stopped really caring about what other people sort of think if I want to be outspoken about it like when the just before sort of the elections started kicking off and with all the stuff that's happened with lockdowns and BLM and all that um, and the backlash people get for just you know speaking out about their beliefs it forced me to sort of realize well actually I couldn't really care what people say about me if I want to say what I believe so from there I started being more outspoken and sort of saying well yeah I support Trump I'm you know I have quite right right of you know right wing sort of viewpoints on things and I am anti-lockdown I don't believe people should be getting this coronavirus vaccine and a lot of people I mean I posted it a lot on my personal social media as well and a lot of people yeah like you like you a lot of people started saying I'm a racist saying that I'm a misogynist saying that um I hate you know everyone that I want you know immigrants to you know die or drown or something you know all this stuff and I just think well no it's it's the reason if you sort of sat down and actually talked to me about why then maybe you sort of see the reasons why I believe what I do and why I support Trump because you know and I think just like you I lost a lot of people from that but at the same time kind of looking at it in the positive way I've gained a lot of friends online from that too mm. gained like a community of people who are sort of on the same wavelength as me definitely one thing that has come out and a lot of people have mentioned it the way the police are dealing with the anti-lockdown protesters compared to the BLM protesters because back when the BLM protests I don't want to go on about this but back when the BM BLM protests were going on we like was under a stricter lockdown than we are now and one thing that did my head in and it does go against the police oath is where the police were kneeling and it shows on on the oath you sort of shouldn't sort of sway to one side but they were kneeling to the BLM BLM protesters and in this lockdown there seemed to be there's a video this week that's just come about of that old lady being dragged yeah I've I've seen that one yeah and the like difference between the how sort of the police are handling both things is disgusting and I don't understand why that is well sort of I completely agree with you in terms of how it's being handled but I think people sort of need to remember that this is all sort of part of a big agenda essentially with the BLM thing BLM is funded by you know George Soros and all his gang of globalists who you know it's divide and conquer at the end of the day Mm, if you can divide people and get them you know all ragged at each other and angry then you can just conquer them really easily and control them which is what we saw with you know BLM and police were a part of that because you know it's all virtue signaling at the end of the day because you know the police need to be seen in the eyes of the public as being you know good and doing the right thing and if that means them kneeling they're gonna do it and I mean it's it's a sad thing because 
it's there's many people in the police who are good people they are just good people and they're just doing their job and they'll have been forced to do into doing all of this same goes for the way that people have been treated at the anti-lockdown protests and you don't see it on the news because the mainstream media want to make out that everyone who goes to an anti-lockdown protest is a violent thug who you know wants to basically spread the disease at these super spreader events is that's what they're making it out that's why you don't Mm -hmm. see it in the news so the police in that instance have to sort of follow the line of arresting people who go to these lockdown anti-lockdown events and marches and peaceful essentially at the end of the day peaceful protests to show that you know they're doing a good job but what people don't see because the mainstream media won't show it is how they're how they're doing that and that is just you know with with unnecessary force against these people who have done nothing wrong um and you know it's disgusting but that's what they're being paid to do at the end of the day it's and I think a lot I think people forget that and it's a tricky one because a lot of people now will have don't have any trust in the police. I mean, I certainly don't. You know, the way they've treated people, the way things have come out about it. But then it, you got to remember that these are people with families like us who probably don't want to be doing the stuff they're being told to do. So, But they're the ones who took the oath. And if they're going against the sort of oath with, like, kneeling and showing their political, like, sort of affiliation that's some like completely wrong because like police are meant to be neutral so it goes with it it goes with everything because i mean i studied journalism at uni and the 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 thing we we were taught with uh, with that was if you're going to do your job as a journalist you have to do it fairly and you have to follow the guidelines there's the editor's code there's Ofcom if you do broadcasting and all of that was about being impartial being fair and being just and looking at both sides and not having a bias at the end of the day but of course that's you know if you just took a step back and looked at everything in regards to the media there's none of that there is no there's no due impartiality there is no fairness Mm. So you could, you know, you could take that the same way with the police is, you know, as a journalist, you essentially make an oath as well. But most people don't follow it. And it's just sort of become an accepted thing as you can do what you want at the end of the day. It's like a massive free for all. (laughs) Yeah, true. But the difference between being a journalist and a police officer, one's there to protect people and the other one's not. Do do you see? I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I, I get what you mean. I think as a journalist right right now, journalists have more power than people think in terms of if you make it into a big mainstream corporation, you essentially are telling the public the news because the majority of the public don't like to do their own research. They don't like to go out their way to research for themselves and think for themselves. So they rely on, you know, the BBC and all that to do it for them. 
and that is a lot of power in journalists' hands. That it, you know, in a way, it, could, it protects the people. Some would say if you believe in journalists and believe they're doing a good job, journalists will report what people need to hear to keep them safe and to keep mm. them up to date and such. But you know, it just like the police, you know, take advantage of the people and abuse their power. Journalists do the exact same thing. Um, journalists just report most of the time. You you know you're supposed to report the facts. These journalists nowadays aren't doing that. So it's it's abuse of power at the same level as with the police. Yeah, that's yeah that's one reason I got this podcast together was to be a free speech podcast yeah. and to have anyone on so I've had people from trans on I've had a drag queen on I've had Paul Golding on the head of Britain first and someone said well why did you give him a platform and I'm like if you know why I set the podcast up you'd know why everyone's got to have the platform to speak and then if you wear it from the horse's mouth you get to know if it's bullshit or not I mean I would have anyone on the podcast I um you're going back to sit to like virtual signaling when I was on Twitter I mean I still am on Twitter but I, I don't use it as much but uh, when i was on twitter someone painted black lives matter i think it was outside one of the offices in american big yellow stuff and i said that's just virtual signaling. like sort of someone said well why is that virtual signaling and like i said come on to my podcast and we can talk about it he came on and we just saw eye to eye on like things we like both agreed on sort of the same thing but as you say it was the media that portrayed it in such a way and the media are doing that now. They're like, it's like all contrived to to like make people worry, and that's yeah, where everyone's it's... getting their information from. So the thing is, people should stop listening to them. Oh, well, if they do listen to the media, at like sort of least read or like listen to more than one outlet, like maybe the Sun, the Times, BBC, and Sky, because they'll all report the same thing but differently. They'll all paraphrase differently, but it will. Do you see what I mean? I, yeah. You've described it. You, you've like done your course better than I could describe it's it. It's like with the, the mainstream media, they will, especially the way we were taught it, is we the basics of the editor's code and Ofcom. That is the whole thing of being a journalist is having some integrity. The mainstream media, from my eyes, in my opinion, doesn't have that. Does, it's all a bias. The, me- the media will tell you though, that they don't have a bias. That is a lie because the papers can have a bias and they don't have to make it obvious. But, you know, once you read it, you can figure out the sun is more right wing and whatever. Mm. Um, but on TV, you're not supposed to have a bias. You're supposed to be impartial if you are in front of millions of viewers. And if you do have a bias, you have to make it really clear. You have to basically admit, say if you were a conservative show, you'd have to admit you are conservative. Same if you were more left wing, you'd have to admit it. The the media doesn't do that, but they they have a bias. The BBC has a huge left wing bias, as does watching ITV. I mean, Channel 4 is the worst, is the worst for it. <laughs> it's terrible and um but the reason why they don't make that clear is because 
you know, that they, they're they there to push out all this fear-mongering stuff. They're there to just keep you worrying about things. They're never going to post anything about good news. It's always just going to be bad. And it's it's because, you know, they they people trust trust in the BBC. You know, BBC has been seen as the house, you know, the main media thing in the UK for, for years, for, you know, so many years. So it's built up that trust that then, you know, people who watch the BBC assume everything that comes out of it is true and everything is protecting the people and keeping them up to date when if people all people need to do is if they're going to watch the mainstream media is just don't just listen to it and watch it really listen to it mm. and listen to the words that they use when they're reporting it because they'll sprinkle in words i mean i was watching a bbc report the other day and they had someone on talking about how they can't get in the hospital to get treatment and the guy they interviewed was using words saying, I wish people would just obey the rules. So you see, it's like they sprinkle in little things. And if you just listen to how they report it, it's so obvious that it's trying to scare people and scare people into doing what they say. So, I mean, you saying about the BBC panoramas yet in trouble again over the Princess Diane thing and also yeah. the report of the Tommy Robinson they did a couple of years ago where they tried to fit him up. I don't know if you've watched Tommy Robinson's own documentary on about it, Panadrama. I'm not seeing that yet, but I've seen, I've seen about um, the BBC and, you know, mainstream media get in trouble for it. Yeah. They like tried to usual. Set, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not right wing. Everyone will think I'm right wing for all this, but like they did try to fit Tommy Robinson up with like sort of, s- sort of sexual allegations and sort of like sort of things like that. So it, it, it they did try to proper fit him up and like you know obviously they used the group hate um is it love not hate something like that something like that they like sort of try to use them but um i think people believe the media because it's a safer option for them to believe than the actual truth like yeah. they might want to believe that covid's real uh the government are there to help and when in actual fact there's more to it that meets the eye and more and more people that were saying covid is real i find people think there is something more going on now there is something more else that they're not saying to us uh, i call it the bgt bubble the the britain's got talent bubble where like sort of everyone sits down after like the tea on a saturday and just watches the media bullshit at the put out because they feel safe they don't want to think there's more to life than what they're reading they like handle that like like they are getting lied to and there is something more insidious about it all i completely agree with you i think when people if people sort of had to face the facts and the truth of it all it's too scary it's to them it's being in this bubble of sort of having this world where to them everything's all right it's not perfect we're living through this pandemic but you know the government's got it under control we have to do you know live in the through these lockdowns that yes it's it's a bit it's a bit pants but it's for the better you know the greater good you know this new normal how nothing will ever return back to the way it was but 
that's all right because you know I've not killed um the old granny down the street by sneezing or anything so (laughs) that's what people sort of like to think whereas you know I sense that all of this eventually is just gonna come out there's gonna be some major disclosure and I think all that sort of falls in line with what's happening in the US and I think people don't want to hear the truth because then that would force them to reevaluate everything they have ever been told because it's like telling them that everything they've been told is a lie their whole life yeah definitely. essentially and then that, that it's too scary because then you they're forced to think well what is true and what's a lie and you, you sort of they will never be able to trust you know media again and I think but the unfortunate thing is that a lot of people even if they were given the opportunity to you know wake up so to speak they still wouldn't take it because like you said it is too scary and that's one of the reasons just sort of touching on I don't really want to spend all the podcast on him but Donald Trump's he does say some stupid things but he's just like that belligerent old boss that belligerent old granddad you've got he just because he's a real ass dude he yeah he does say some stupid things but he's real and people don't like it and i think he's got stuff on people that's why he hasn't been sort of assassinated yet i like think he's maybe got some sort of dead man switch like julian assange's meant to have a dead man switch so if like sort of something happens things get because you've got Hillary Clinton with them like you've got the laptop where like she's supposed to be seen um cutting off someone's face and wearing it I don't obviously you know you've heard about that and um like sort of everyone who's seen the laptop has either committed suicide or like quit the police you've got why the BLM protest started to begin with it turns out the copper and um I forgot the guy's name George George Floyd George Floyd actually knew each other and the club they worked at was a massive Chinese gang ring for like fake money. So it's all linked, but people want to believe what they want to believe. But Donald Trump, what's like, do you think is going to be the outcome of him? Because he's on about making his own media outlet and like sort of into. I think with Donald Trump, he's, I mean, first off, he's a businessman. <coughs> so he's hmm. not a politician, which is why he's done so well as president um and he he has had so much he's never been involved in the same stuff that all of these really dodgy people are like you know all all of these people who are supposed to have the best interests at heart of everyone are always involved in some form of abuse trafficking all these dark societies also like bohemian grove and that trump Mm. has never been involved in that but like he said he's got all of this stuff on people not so much blackmail but just he knows and he will have you know he will go out of his way to arrest them once he gets in which is why there's this huge thing with the uh, election fraud happening because you know, if, if Trump was to win and get in, he would be able to expose all of this, which is why they had to fix it so Biden could, you know, get in. It's not been called yet, but 
No. Uh, but like you said, with with him setting up his wanting to set up his own media thing, I think that would be a really good thing because Trump, you know, Trump has been labelled as you know calling out fake news, and you know the mainstream media like to say, oh, he says it's fake news, but he's just saying that because he's, you know, a baby or whatever. <laughs> but you know the mainstream media, it just the the they were I think in some ways they are really a lot worse in the US than they are over here in terms of the way you know they they treat situations you know like with CNN and that but if for Trump to have it set up his own media thing would be really good because I feel you are guaranteed to get the truth with that um rather than having to sit watching I mean Fox News got out it didn't they, as being huge lefties and being pretending to be conservative just mm. to get viewership. So you just can't really trust anything now. One thing I did find good that no one's really mentioned and no one's bothered about that. He wasn't on the flight logs for um, Epstein's Island. Yes. Yeah. And as where all these Hollywood people, all these, um, all these left wing virtual signaling people like all been on there, but nothing's mentioned about them. Nothing. And no one's mentioning how good Donald Trump's been doing, like taking the troops out. And he's got moaned out about doing that. Unemployment's down. He's doubled the Federal Reserve. None of this is getting mentioned. The only thing that gets mentioned, oh, I'd grab air by the pussy. And that's it. That's the only thing that's getting mentioned. And yeah, he should maybe think about saying things like that if he's a president. But again he's just a real guy as as you already said he's not a politician he's not a politician he's a businessman but anything he does is bad even if he does one good thing we'll never pick it up at and that's one thing i think annoys me that he hadn't been on them flight logs he didn't go to his island and obviously there's a reason for that because he fell out over his brother in that apartment thing and the deals all went wrong but i just find it crazy that so the public aren't interested in them like that. They just want to see the badness in him. It's because he is so anti-globalist. He's so for the people, and he wants to make genuinely wants to make the world a better place. And through doing that, is making America great. And I mean, all the people he's against, and that it's you know they're always Democrats which is, I mean, they're on both sides, but it's always sort of the Democrats who are pushing for this sort of globalist agenda. And, you know, Trump is essentially in their way. They don't want, if Trump gets in, they can't achieve what they want to do, which is just continuing things the way they are, but in a very, you know, a downwards trajectory of, you know, with Agenda 2030, the Green New Deal, all that sort of thing, which at the end of the day is pushing towards a new world order where everyone lives under one world government and you have nothing, essentially. That's just Whereas, mark of the beast, yeah. Yeah, and, and Trump is in the way of that. And the reason why you never hear about, you know, all the good things Trump has done and you only hear about, you know, the things he said... And this whole Russia collusion stuff, which has been proven to be, you know, a set up by Hillary and her goons, <laughs> is is that is that because 
if people heard all the good things he's doing, obviously more people will support him and they'll sort of think, well, why is the mainstream media portraying him this way? And saying that, you know, um, you know, the people say, well, he knew Jeffrey Epstein. He knew him. It's like, well, yeah, he, he knows a lot of people. He knew Hillary. He knows Hillary. He's had pictures with Hillary. Mm. He, it's like you have to be civil to, you know, he can't just go around like not being with these people because you kind of have to do it in the business he's in. So well, the two billionaires, weren't they? There was bound to bump yeah, into exactly. Each other. They're they're bound to know each other, and he, you know, it, it, they just assumed that because he knew Jeffrey, he's obviously being on the island. He's obviously involved in paedophilia or some sort of abuse. Yeah, I've I've got that. I am like told someone once. I said, but he's never been on the f- sort of fright logs. But there's pictures of them together. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's like um going back to um coming back to England when I've I rewatched the Jimmy Savile Louis through Jimmy Savile thing. And if you watch it again, this is about the third time I watch it. You do think as Jimmy's got some power somewhere because like he got Louis address and phone number. And he said, Louis said to him, well, how did you get that? And like he turned around to Louis and said, I can get anything I want. And at the end of it all, Ian said, if you're ever struggling and you need anything, just come to me and I'll sort it. I think Jimmy Savile was a scapegoat. I sort of think something was going to happen and like they did that. And that's Keir Starmer was in charge of that on the CPS that dropped it all before he got could get prosecuted. Sorry. Um, I think something was going to happen, but they just threw him on like sort of under the bus. I am think Jimmy Savile was a massive player in Summit and he had more power than night people thought. I, yeah, I, I mean, Jimmy Savile, he, how, you just got to ask. I mean, I watched a documentary, I think it was the ITV one the other day. It was on, you know, Jimmy Savile and it was sort of, it's ridiculous how much power he actually had because it, no one can just get close to the royal family. And just wander into, you know, Buckingham Palace in and out as ever, whenever he wants. The fact that he had access to, broad, you know, Broadmoor Hospital. Oh, yeah, they gave him the keys, didn't they? Gave yeah. him the keys. And the fact that he had access to that other hospital um, where they were setting up, raising money for that, you know, spinal unit or whatever. And he had so much power there and he could just do as he come and go as he pleased. It's... He was he was tied to just so many people, and I think part of that is the fact that he he could access children, and there's a lot of people who are paedophiles that you know people won't realise. I mean, just look at the royal family and their constant connections to paedophiles. I think the reason why Jimmy Savile had so much power is because he was essentially providing services to these paedophiles i mean he could get easy access to children he could get easy access to vulnerable people to abuse you know and there was reports of him taking children to buckingham palace and just letting them come in and go as he pleased and the security couldn't do anything about it because it was jimmy savile and then you know it's because he's servicing these people i think in my opinion he's therefore going to have a lot of blackmail on all of these people. So as much as they're getting, you know, he's trafficking children to these people. 
he and you know they they're you know friends and he has all these powerful people around him they're, they're around him and they let him do what he does because they will know that he could easily just rat them out and you know like like he'd said to the police when he was getting investigated um if i go down everyone else goes down with me so he he had so much stuff on so many people and a lot of these people and I, i think the only reason it really came out when he out when he died was partially because if it came out when he was still alive he would be able to talk so if he came out when he's dead he can't say his side of it really and sort of talk about the people who else is involved um but also because it's safer if they let it get discovered so to speak you know like you said you're using him as a scapegoat as well we'll sort of reveal that jimmy savile was a paedophile but then sort of just leave it at that so it won't go any further yeah i mean Jill Dando was shot in the head. I don't know if you can remember that or if yeah, you're too, yeah, yeah. When, and she was about and that. she and she was doing something on um, BBC in the Peter uh, like Peter Files in the BBC, and also someone recently just died of a stroke or a heart attack, and she was involved in Jimmy Savile cases and like well, so it's all very very strange. Um, going off topic a bit, but still staying on compar- on conspiracies. Because like 2020 is a big conspiracy person's dream. What sort of made you get into conspiracies? What sort of the first conspiracy you like got into that sort of made yeah, you get um, into it all? So I'm quite lucky in terms of my family are very sort of when I was little, they encouraged me to sort of be very open minded. And not sort of take everything at you know face value, and actually sort of want to research for myself. Um, mainly, especially my dad, because he um, not only sort of raised me in terms of sort of the actual aspects as there's than what is going on, but he sort of got me into sort of thinking about conspiracy theories. I mean. The first one was 9-11, the, that was the first sort of one I started looking into and my dad would talk to me about it and have discussions with me about it. Um, so that was always there from when I was really small, like at primary school. And then, I mean, at secondary school, it was just the same. I started just looking into things myself, especially with 9-11 when I sort of got onto that. And my dad would talk to me about it. Um, I, I researched it for myself. I watched all of, you know, the old news things where they said the tower had fallen down. It hadn't and all that sort yeah, of thing. That yeah, got that me one. that got me on the drift of sort of realising that a lot of the stuff we get told isn't really the truth. Um, and then I think from there, it was just sort of, at that point I just conspiracy theories I just loved them I mean I started looking into like aliens and conspiracy theories around that and Roswell and all that sort of stuff um the biggest one recently I could probably think of was sort of around the WikiLeaks sort of time when um Hillary Clinton's emails got leaked the same with Podesta's 
uh, regarding abuse and the Pizzagate. When Pizzagate sort of started kicking off, I mean, I when I stumbled across it, I spent hours on you know Reddit and the forums and stuff like that, researching it and sort of talking with other people and what stuff they'd found. And that was like my big, my big one that um, sort of, as in the big one that I t- spent so much, so much of my time looking into and researching and sort of trying to learn the facts and piece things together would be Pizzagate. But I think in terms of getting into it, it's 9-11 really. Then that's all because of my dad. Yeah, I find it interesting on like the like the 9/11 one where like there was hardly no rubble, it turned to dust, and it was hot enough to melt steel, but yet they found a passport intact. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I remember watching a a documentary. Yeah, it was a documentary on it, and it was sort of saying about for the for the passport to have landed where it was, it had to have fallen and sort of whisked around in the air for a good while waited for all the rubble to settle then just sort of land perfectly it just doesn't make any sense no and people still say well it could have happened it's like you're talking about a fire that was hot enough to melt steel and turn everything nearly into dust but yeah and like sort of give big i mean like everyone's still suffering with cancer from the asbestos there once it blew over there's like sort of still people ill but yet passport didn't have anything on it in it fell perfectly for someone to find it it's, it's it's very very strange i think the first conspiracy for me was the moon i've always been into aliens and ghosts and things because because we've talked about the ghost things haven't we before but yeah. um i've always been into it and um I, th- I think going to the moon's the first one when i read an article in like i think it was ufo magazine saying we was warned off the moon and that's one of the reasons we've never been back because like they found something else there and basically we was told not to go back and then from there it opened the sort of hutch door to why would the lie is there aliens why you know why does the government lie did we even go to the moon and then it just it, then i just fell into the rabbit hole and i ain't got back out again <laughs> it's always one thing that starts it off and then it's just you can't stop really now so what do you think the end game is with this um pandemic thing do you, i mean do you in your heart i mean is there a certain percentage of you that believes it could be a real virus or do you think it's all set out to me i mean i think it might be the start of mark of the beast from a religious aspect um it's definitely definitely coming into a cashless society i think the one i think the one one especially with biden coming in i i think if he's in and he wants to make masks mandatory but that all doesn't make sense now if all these vaccines are coming out and people can have them a yearly or two shots a year but um we're gonna have to work a lot closely with him i think to like sort of get anything good which is scary because i just don't think it's good to wear masks in general i think it's a scary image of people walking around with masks on and last i mean i saw about three of them yesterday and it was all in the car with windows up with these surgical masks on and i'm like it's your choice but (laughs) stop believing and we go back to 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 the media but what do you think the end game is what i mean like people say well what's their end game and i personally think it's to destroy god's god's creation but you know what do you think i think first off i think i mean originally i used to think coronavirus you know 
looking back, everyone was watching these images and the videos of people in Wuhan collapsing and dying in the street. And that's never happened over here. So that's one thing is what if if it's so deadly, why is no people, you know, why aren't we going outside and seeing people passing out and having fits in the street just like there was in Wuhan? We've never had that. Because um, they're not using the massive cooking machine over yeah. here like and they did there. <laughs> and um, so from from the bat, I think it's all just sort of just being used as a way to control the people. It's it's just a it's just a flu. It's just a cold. It's you know th- when you see them reporting the deaths and saying oh my god another thousand people have died in the UK because of coronavirus I mean you need to look at the small print when they put it is that they tested positive with coronavirus and died for any reason within 28 days so it's it's like these people are the people who are more prone to dying with coronavirus are have underlying health conditions so they have something else that you know makes them more prone to suffer from it whereas the average person is not going to i think the end game with it is pushing towards this whole new world order agenda and part of that is like we've seen through the world economic forum with the great reset and the coronavirus is essentially the starting point for them to be able to reset the whole world so to speak in in that sense forcing the whole world to be under sort of one government Mm. one control thing that is through transhumanism and sort of humans being forced to come together with technology and again like you said stepping away from who we actually are and in you know god's image becoming no longer human sort of transcend they want us to transcend to be in cyborgs basically yeah drones um, um sorry but, I, but yeah it's 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 going towards this um sort of agenda of no one has any control no one has any freedom everyone is forced to sort of live under tyranny and through these lockdowns, it's sort of programming people to just get used to that this is going to be the way of life from now on. And But the ultimate end goal for them, if they could get it, again, it's just a plan. Plans don't always work out, is that it's a new world order. Everyone's controlled, you know, breaking down these sort of, you know, society's norms and replacing them with whatever they want, essentially. Yeah, I think you mentioned it because we mentioned it back on how the media work and they're saying died with coronavirus. It's a very important word with yeah. and not from. So and also they've done it in such a way as if people think there's 30,000 people that have got coronavirus, that's 30,000 people that are on death's door. It's not. It's just people who have got a flu or a cold. It's and they're not on death's door or they're not in an ICU bed, but it's with coronavirus, died with coronavirus. I I do know the New York Times listed when it all first kicked off all like the deaths and an independent journalist researched them all. And one of them was actually a murder victim, but was got put down as the coronavirus 
victim because of the tested as coronavirus. And also interesting thing, a big portion of this before they had the mass testing, a lot of them were incidental. So they'd go into hospital, say, with maybe an heart attack or a broken arm or a broken leg that needed pinning, they got tested and they'd be put down as coronavirus. Um, yeah. Statistic. But when they actually didn't go in there for that. So it's very interesting. I mean, maybe we've all got that that sort of gene in us. Yeah. It's dead. I mean, I did. I, I, I said once maybe asymptomatic people don't spread it. And then... China did a report, I think it was last week, saying exactly the same thing. Maybe asymptomatic don't, people don't spread it. They've just got it, but like they've got the capacity to spread it. But that statistic goes in and it keeps going up. Um, in terms of with the, the testing, the reason why the numbers are so high is because with the tests that the, you know the usual tests people get is that it's not testing for coronavirus it's not you know they've not made a test that can just isolate coronavirus and just test for that it's testing for everything in that family of coronavirus and part of that is you know the flu and the cold is mm. part of that family so it's if you had a cold like the common cold went go then got tested for coronavirus and tested positive it's not that you've got coronavirus it's that you've got a cold and the cold falls under that but also there's there's stuff in our body there's you know genes in our body there's all sorts of bacteria in our body that shares sort of similar things as coronavirus that can just you, any living thing has so that's why there's so many you know false positives is because the testing they're not testing for coronavirus they're just testing for this thing that is in everything and that is in this family so it's it's you know it's but then again they they won't tell you that because it you know it boosts up the the numbers yeah yeah i mean like have you read the report on elon musk had four tests by the same yeah i saw his tweets and it was it's crazy and it obviously as soon as he started tweet you know questioning the the tests and questioning what's going on everyone on twitter was like well you can't do that you know it's not you know it goes no. against it because <laughs> like um, just people who don't know he he had four tests by the same machine and the same nurse on the same day two of them came back positive and the other two came back negative and he basically said he quoted um, these tests are bogus or oh, the summit bogus going on with like these tests. So um, but yet he says he's quite willing to take the vaccine. <laughs> so yeah. make that as what you will. Um, thank you for coming on. It's been a blast. It's just so much to talk about. And it's like, cool. Um, if people wanted to find out more about you and your channels, um, are you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Do you want to tell people where you are? Yeah. Um. You can find me on YouTube, um, Dare to Fly. I'm also on Facebook under the same name, Dare to Fly. On Twitter is where I'm most active, and that's at Dare to Fly 777. So you can find me there. 777. And are you on Instagram at all? You are on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I you? do. Yeah, I am. My Instagram is <laughs> Dare dot to Fly 777 because someone nicked it. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. And also, you're starting a podcast. Not only you've got a 
like a like a youtube channel that's you've got your subscribers blasting up um you, you're starting a podcast or have you already started it now yeah we started it um oh god last week um the first episode came out last week so that's on its way i'm still sort of figuring out where i'm gonna post it in terms of like being a podcast but it's just on my channel my youtube channel is that i i use podbean and it's like a it's a really cheap monthly thing and from podbean it's got a like a section on it that you put on where you want to do yeah. Pfizer out oh, to like cool. things so it so like i put it on there and it goes to spotify and that for fortunately it stopped doing the youtube one for a for some reason because there's some technical issues but yeah it like goes to apple spotify and like everything else i think iHeartRadio as well so but yeah i think it's about a 10 a month or 10 dollars a month awesome so yeah well thanks for coming on um enjoy the rest of your day for everyone there please like share and listen and go and check out emily's awesome youtube channel because like she's doing some videos before they get taken down <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and if you you know honestly we'll be happy to do this again and if you ever want to come on the podcast for me you're more than welcome i'd love to come on your podcast yeah and if like you guys ever want to come on like the tim biscuit podcast again you're more yeah. than welcome all right cool beans we'll see you soon see you soon thank you so much take care bye-bye bye bye-bye Thank you.